This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 709 with Yoki Matsuoka. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 709. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Yoki Matsuoka is the founder and CEO of Yohana, an independently-led subsidiary of Panasonic, focused on building consumer technology products and services to help people live healthier and happier lives. As an accomplished executive and technologist, Yoki brings more than two decades of leadership experience to her role, where she also leads global innovation and serves as the managing executive officer of Panasonic Corporation. So hold on to your pants computer phone for just a second while I let you know some of the incredible roles that Yoki has held. So prior to founding Johanna, Yoki was VP at Google, a CTO at Nest, a senior executive at Apple, and CEO of Qantas, a health tech startup. She's also spent time as an endowed professor at Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Washington. She's the recipient of the MacArthur Genius Award for her work in robotics and neuroscience, and she's the founder of YokiWorks Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping children with physical and learning challenges focus on removing reading barriers to unlock the potential of every child. So she's kind of a big deal. She's also the shameless mom of four children, a dog and a pet pig. (laughs) I mean, is there anything this woman cannot do? I'm also really disappointed that I forgot to ask her about the pet pig in this interview. So I'll just like spoiler alert. We never talk about the pig. So she's gonna have to come back again. And we're gonna have to do a whole episode just on like, what is it like to have a pet pig? Because I have so many questions. (laughs) 
So I am so excited to share this conversation with you because holy cow, Yoki is just pioneer in so many ways and leads in such a thoughtful and intentional way. And I'm so intrigued with every element of her story. So listen in to hear Yoki share how she intentionally set goals and went after her dreams based on what she saw her mom regret doing in her life or regret not doing. She really learned from her mom's regrets and built a life for herself around that. She also shares her choice to leave big tech and build Johanna right before the pandemic. She talks through how her mentality around the best way to do it is to do it myself led her to build an innovative company that specifically supports moms. She shares why embracing her attitude around I'm different and different is good has served her her entire life. And I love this attitude. I, and this is why we titled the episode, I'm different and different is good, because I think that this is something that we can all learn and benefit from. I think that women are so trained to fit in and blend in and not stand out and not be too loud and not show differences. And Yoki is just like throws that to the wayside. And she's like, let me show you how I'm different and how that is for the best for everyone, which I think is so, so important and significant. We dig into how the pandemic highlighted the need for services that Yoki knew she wanted to create as she started to build her company. She talks through how to get out of your own way to quit tasks that don't allow you to reach your bigger goals. And then we also dig into her powerful two-part mindset where she helps you to reset and release mom guilt. So many good things in this conversation. I'm really excited to share this with you. And I also want to mention, as you're listening and you hear Yoki talking about Johanna, her company, she wanted me to share with you that she has some special promotions going on right now. So when you get to the end, if you're like, wow, like I need some Johanna in my life, let me just tell you a couple different things. So first of all, when you buy services, when you invest in yourself, really, when you invest in Johanna, You are supporting a woman-owned company, you are supporting a mom-owned company, and you are supporting a woman-of-color-owned company. And I think that it's really, really important to acknowledge all of that. On top of that, Johanna is offering an end-of-year promotion. So if you become a new member between now and December 31st, you will get a free trial and a $149 a month special deal, which is a savings of 40% when you use the promo code end of year. That's all in the show notes. If you go to the show notes of this episode, so you can check it out there. And you can also gift Johanna to other people. So if you're listening and you're like, oh gosh, I can think of some families that could really use Johanna. You can give gift cards to them and they have their gift cards on sale as well. So you can gift Johanna memberships, monthly, three month or six month packages. And all of that is over at Johanna.com. And so all that's linked in the show notes. Um, Johanna is Y-O-H-A-N-A. And so many things I've already shared to position you all, get you all pumped up for this conversation. So with all that said, let's go ahead and dive in with Yoki Matsuoka. Yoki, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sarah. We had a good little laugh with your team before we hit record that I was familiar with you and your company before we started the interview because I'm your target demographic here in Seattle and I see your Facebook ads all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That means it's working. Exactly. It's working. It's working. So I'm excited to dig into who you are and what you do and what got you to this place. I always like to start off conversations asking my guests to share a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. And what are you most excited about right now? I actually most excited about Thanksgiving trip where I finally get to bring my parents and my kids together after the long pandemic. 
Oh my gosh. What a gift. Where are your parents? Where do they live? In Japan. Wow. So are they all coming here for Thanksgiving? Are you going there? Yeah. So we don't have anything special planned, but we are going to Japan for the first time in a long time. My kids are taking Japanese at school too. So they are excited to practice and then see what they can read in a real country. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It'll be really, really great. Really exciting. Have your, and have your children been to Japan at all? Yes, they have. They have, you know, before pandemic, we used to go almost every year. And then we didn't, yeah, we didn't go for three years now, almost like approaching four years. So I think, you know, they're almost like we have to go. Like it's an obvious thing to do for, you know, for this holiday season. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you'll appreciate my son who is 10 wants to go to Japan for spring break. (laughs) So I'm not sure we're going to be able to swing that, but it is like his top destination right now between being interested in anime and baseball Uh and sushi. And like, he's like, I'm like maybe Mexico for spring break. He's like, no mom, (laughs) no (laughs) Japan. That's great. Yeah. I have a 10 year old son as well. So, I mean, he is so excited and food is really good for kids there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And tell us the ages of your children. I didn't ask that. So you have a 10 year old and 10, 14, 16, 16. So you started with twins. Yes, exactly. Wait a second. (laughs) They're 17 now. I'm sorry. (laughs) We won't, we won't tell them. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. So they're seven year old twins. They were girls. And then the other two are boys. It's a perfect balance, but it's a perfect balance of chaos. (laughs) I love that. I mean, I feel like that's what you have to embrace. And I think that that's exactly what, when people talk about how do you balance it all? It's like, you know, you just, you exist, you learn to find joy and peace in existing in chaos. Exactly. So you have been building a big family and also building a wildly impressive resume while you have been raising babies. Can you talk a little bit about building these two like huge endeavors and life achievements at one time? So thanks for saying that, but I don't build it. Like I don't necessarily plan to have these things to like sound impressive at the end. You know, I tend to be, get really deep into my own passion and things I want to do. And I just try to do, make sure that I do them because I only got to live once. So if I want to do it, I try to make sure that I do it. So I think that's generally how it ended up being. So kids wise, I wanted to have seven kids. <laughs> I was wow. the, I know it's kind of crazy. I was the only child and then I hated it. My mom wanted to have a lot of kids. She came from a large family and she always regretted not being able to have more siblings for me. So I think that has lived very strong for me. And my husband was kind of okay having no kids. So we always talk, joke about, we compromised that four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. This is like my favorite compromise ever on this show. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, just watching my youngest who's 10, you know, just even cuddling with me this morning and thinking like, no, I'm not ready for this. Like he's going to become a teenager and, you know, we eventually don't want to be cuddling with me and I'm I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, know. So I love, love, love that part. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so I think it's not, you know, I don't see kids as an accomplishment or anything, but I just loved having so many kids and then just being a mom has been absolutely the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I decided that I definitely, I'm not going to give up on any of the careers. That's also like, sounds funny, but oh, that's one thing my mom also regretted. She did not work and she felt like her life was somehow wasted from the point of view of not contributing to society. 
So I was also determined that no matter how many times I felt like there's no way to do it, I made sure that I was pursuing that career as a way to change society, not necessarily for me, but as a something that I can do for other people. And then, and then now I look back, there are a lot of things that I've done, but I didn't feel like, oh, I got to climb this ladder or I got to do this and I got to get more you know, credentials. Like I just was never in that mode. I'm so intrigued with the idea, and I think this is somewhat common, but I don't know that it's always so conscious of you going after things that your mom wished that she had gone after and kind of recognizing, it sounds like she really openly recognized some of the regrets that she had and shared that with you. And you were intentional and thoughtful around how you could do things differently in your life. Yeah, no, it's kind of true. Like, I think one of the things, you know, my parents did a good job teaching me is if I don't push back on things that they did wrong, then I will become them. It's kind of interesting, yeah. but you know, we all become our parents to a certain extent. And yeah. one of the things they said is like, if you don't like what we do, or if we tell you to not, you know, get in the same trap that we got into, then you have to actively force that out of you. So I think I was always conscious. I remember that, you know, my parents told me so, and then I actively thought about it. And as my you know, mom said, like, get a job, you know, I, you know, have kids. Yes, probably doing both must be hard. I've never done it, but do it. Right. And then yeah. do not become me. And I thought, okay, so I have to actively reject or else it's I'm gonna fall into the same place where my mom regretted decades of her own life. Yeah. Can you talk about why you left your resume includes a number of really interesting positions and jobs in big tech? And then you left big tech during the pandemic, as many women, specifically moms, did. Um, can you talk a little bit about leaving during the pandemic? What you know, kind of what was around that choice and that situation, and then um, and where things went from there? Yeah, actually, I left pre-pandemic, but right before okay. pandemic, and I was at a point where I felt that I really wanted to fine tune toward my own mission to build technology that could really help a lot of people. And then I thought, I, you know, in order to really pursue exactly the way I wanted to pursue it, the best way to do it is to do it myself. So that's how it went. I mean, the pandemic relationship is interesting where, where I thought I was going to go, you know, a few months before a pandemic. And then I would say six months after the pandemic started have changed a little bit because of the pain that I've experienced during pandemic. So I would say what we ended up building was a perfect solution during pandemic, as well as, yeah. you know, I mean, pandemic wasn't something that, you know, created new problems. It was just more of an, you know, a getting, I don't know, more, the pain just got bigger during pandemic. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think it's forever going to be useful, but I think that has definitely shifted a little bit of what we're working on. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I, you said something that really resonated that I feel like a whole bunch of moms can relate to, but I don't know that we all take action on it. I think that we take action on that sometimes in small ways, but not in big ways. So you said the best way to do it is to do it myself. And I think that when we're at home, we're like oh, loading the dishwasher. Like I can definitely load the dishwasher better than anyone else in my house. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like, that is a hill I will die on. But I think when we talk about big things out there, I think that moms have so many innovative ideas because we are good at seeing like we're good at figuring out solutions in the middle of chaos because we have to, our daily lives necessitate that. But I think that we often are like, oh, if only would someone would go start this thing or invent this thing. Like we see a need, but going after it and creating it ourselves seems huge and daunting. And so I'm so impressed that you were like, I just need to go build it myself. Like no one else is going to do this for me. I'm just going to go do it. And that's such a massive undertaking um, in terms of what you've done. But I also think a really admirable stance to find the hole and need and then go fill it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think it's a blessing of spending decades with non-mom, especially men in technology, and to realize that, wait a second, I'm different. Being different is good. I can actually offer something that other people would not. And you know, it probably all started even in high school and college time when I decided that I wanted to go into STEM. And I didn't realize that I would be sitting as the only person out of 30 kids in college as a woman. And, wow. you know, it was maybe it was a little bit weird, but I felt even then that, okay, I'm just going to bring a different perspective from others. And then I think I'm going to consider that a good thing. As I became mom and as, you know, we all, once we become moms, we are we're like what we expected it would be like as a mom is different from how it is, right? Like suddenly we have this in, insane amount of love that pours out of our body that we don't know what to do with. And then we also care so much about the outcome for our kids that, you know, we become extremely passionate about this project of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And that mixed in with my technology passion and you know, what I knew, that was almost like a moment of thinking like, okay, I can definitely solve things that other people have not solved. And it's crazy out there that so many technology solutions are not for moms, not for families, 
and you know we call it family tech or fam tech i mean this area is ready to blossom mm-hmm. yeah and we need more moms. I love- <laughs> yes yeah. yes oh my gosh i love that you said i'm different and different is good I think that oftentimes, and especially when it comes to motherhood, we try to, especially in workplaces, hide that part of ourselves or keep that part of ourselves a little quiet because the messaging has been like, if you have too many needs as a mom, like too many sick days with a kid, or you have to leave too early for practice too many times or whatever, that that can be looked poorly upon. And you, it sounds like from a young age, we're able to recognize, oh, I'm different. And this is only going to add value to everyone and really embrace that and lead with that, which I think is phenomenal. And we definitely need more women and moms doing that. And I know when I'm doing trainings in the corporate setting, I consistently see people who shy away from sharing the ways that they're different because they think that they're going to stand out in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And when we start to open up those conversations, all of a sudden, everyone's like, no, like we need more of you in the ways that you are innately talented and gifted because no one else at this table is talented and gifted in those ways. And if we can Mm -hmm. all lead with that, then, oh my gosh, the possibilities are so endless. Yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, I want more people to leave with me to go pick up kids in the middle of the afternoon yes. because yes. so I used to have to shift schedule. So I used to woke up really early in the morning, like at three o'clock, and then I got some work done. But what I did every day, shamelessly, I walked out of the office at three o'clock so that I could go pick up my kids, have that most precious moment where they come back from school, strapped in a seatbelt, and then they tell me about what happened that day, right? I was not going to miss it. And, but you know what? Unfortunately, I'm the only person who did it at that time Mm -hmm. in my companies or in my, you know, universities where I was teaching. And I felt the eye beams on me, right? Like people were like judging me as I'm walking out. It was painful. I felt because I was the only person around them doing it, I felt that I had to prove myself. And that's the reason I woke up super early so that my productivity, my output was higher than other people so that I can walk out at three o'clock and then not be judged. But you know what? Time has also changed as well as I'm now running this company. So what's amazing is that I still walk out when I have to go pick up kids. I go back to work eventually, but middle of the day when it's a precious time, I go do it. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my company around between seriously, like three to four o'clock, everybody leaves mom's dads. And they all say, mm-hmm. okay, Love time it. to go pick up kids. And I'll see you at the five o'clock meeting. Yeah, And that has yeah. become a norm because it's, you know, I've shown it. And then there are moms who are passionate about this work. And then they're here, dads, they're passionate about this. And then they're here and they're all seeing that it's okay to do. And it's so much more comfortable for everybody now. Oh my goodness. What a great way to lead by example in such a huge way. Can you talk a little about, we've started to dig into this a bit, the current realities facing working moms who really shoulder the burden of family responsibilities and what that looks like. You've talked about like what that can look like if we have these flexible work environments, but can you talk a little bit about what else you see? Yeah, I think this again, that we all have a tendency of we can do this better than anybody else. We're just going to do it. And then, you know, we create this situation ourselves in many ways of impossibility. And of course, we're asked to do this impossibility always, right? Like, oh, like Mm -hmm. go in and, you know, become independent. Don't depend on your parents. Oh, go have a career, have kids. Oh, go on vacation. Look out for your wellness. Like, do they think that we have 48 hours in a day? No, we don't. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So I think 
yes, like we have to admit that we're being asked for this impossibility to look like we are doing well. And, you know, within that, we also have to learn to let go of that control a little bit. I know that we don't have to do a ton. And if it makes people happy, then we should, you know, obviously do it. Like, as I said, there are things I don't give up, like picking up my kids. You know, I don't give that up. Actually, it sounds funny, but I don't give up cutting my kids' hair. I have all my four kids. I've never sent them to a hairstylist. I, that's one thing I don't give up either. So, oh my gosh, I love it. That's yeah. so, that's like such a special thing, which right? I could, I definitely should never do that because I tried in the pandemic and it did not go well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love that yeah. that's your strength. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Like everybody has this quirky things that they don't give up. And, and I think that is okay. But yeah everybody's stuck. Like every mom I speak with, the moment I talk about what we offer or what I'm going through and they're all like, Oh my God, me too. Or like, Oh my God, this happened. And they would not stop talking. So it's like, it's an everybody problem. And I think just have to, we all have to learn from each other about like, how do we let go just a little bit more? How do we Mm -hmm. feel okay to delegate a little bit more? Right. Right. I want to go back to the example that I gave about loading the dishwasher, because I think this is like a perfect way to circle into how you support moms. So when we talk about like, go build that thing that needs to get built. Yes. We should all see that we have the power and the capability to go do those things where we see that, where we see a place to be innovative or creative or have impact. And also when we think that we're the only one that can load the dishwasher the right way, (laughs) we stay in our own way because we keep ourselves doing these really insignificant tasks that we have weird narratives around that like, I have to be the one to do it or it won't be done, quote unquote, right? So true. And that takes away time from the special things, from the school pickup, from the stuff that we love about our work, from doing the haircuts, like whatever it is from being at practices or school plays or whatever the things are. Can you talk a little bit about helping families recognize where it's okay to let go and even maybe drop some balls and where Johanna picks up with that and how you've created technology specifically around that so that we can get over ourselves and get out of our own ways in ways that can be supportive of bigger goals and dreams. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. So I've struggled this myself for a long time. You know, of course, all of us women, moms, we probably suffer from the same disease coming from Japan where we're judged even further about like, you cannot be a good mother unless you do everything yourself, right? I was recently criticized for not baking my kid's birthday cake from scratch. Oh, you know, like, I think it's just that that judgment is still there. I've never done that. So I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) I will hold that shame with you. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, this dishwasher thing that you come back to, I actually had this particular way I wanted to load the dishwasher. I had some laundry obsession. I had this T-shirt that I had to fold it a certain way. And then if the bottom was a little crinkled or like folded up, oh, my God, it bothered me so much. (laughs) And even scrubbing the toilet. Like I had to scrub the toilet the way I felt really good sitting on it again. Right. That sounds really funny, but <laughs> I wasn't willing to let go. So, that's so but, relatable though. <laughs> that's good. But what happened? So I had twins and then I was working and the world was, co- you know, just basically collapsing down on me. I had, you know, I really thought maybe there's no way, like I wa- I didn't want to become, you know, my mom's regret moments, but there, how am I going to do this? I'm a professor. Yeah. I teach classes. I run my own lab and then I got little premature twins at home. And, you know, my husband's busy too. And then I'm like, ha, I don't get it. So, you know, I thought about it kind of logically and said, okay, so I have three things like work, kids, and 
have stuff? And which one am I willing to give up to have other people do it? And I actually, first time for a long time, had to be pushed to that limit for me to give anything up. But I was really pushed at that moment. I had to give something up. And what I decided was that probably scrubbing the toilet was one thing that I was willing to give up at that moment. But, you know, saying was logically was easy. Doing it in practice was hard. So I finally convinced myself that I should hire a cleaner. Cleaner started to come to her house, but I cleaned the toilet and everything else way ahead of time before she came. Yeah. Right. For all kinds of reasons. I wanted to have it done the way I wanted, but also I was ashamed to have a stranger come to our house and then see how dirty I make things. So, right. So I think it was a combination of things, but it really took me about a year to get to the point where I was showing that true self and that I was okay with the way she cleans the toilet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so though in, I think it was a long process and some things I delegated to people like a cleaner, but some things were went to my husband. So at our household, dishwasher loading is now my husband's job. He also lived on his own, right? So we both were very particular about how we wanted to dish- load the dishes. And I used to redo whatever the way he loaded up. And he used to redo whatever the way I loaded up, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, pro- you know, so unproductive. And, but it's not like we notice which dishes were done by his way or my way when I'm eating food. <laughs> so right. that's another thing I decided that he didn't want to let go. And I said, you know what? I think I can let that go. And I've been happy for the last two decades, almost having him do the dishes, (laughs) right? So I would say these little by little, and it requires a bit of a conscious thought to say, okay, Mm -hmm. a moment to think about it. Let's look at all the things that's eating my time. And I think the word time is an important one. And what Mm -hmm. is eating time away from my life that I don't have to obsess over it, that I don't have to do it myself because I want to create time for something else, which might be just raising kids. It might be pickup time. It might be just time for yourself to just go get your nails done. I don't know what it is, yeah. but that, that word time is an important one. So that's you know where I really bring in Johanna. Johanna offers a modern family concierge service. So where we come in is that support and help to create that extra time for busy families. You know, initially it's even potentially hard to, you know, let go and delegate or even think about what to delegate. You know, that's where we really want to be helpful and then teach them like, here are the things that they can delegate. And once they get a hang of it, they, you know, often people who've been with us for a few months, they say, well, I can't live without this. I can't imagine, you know, going back there. The initial part is hard. Again, all the things we already talked about, about the, you know, the difficulty in delegating. But when we look at our to-do list, we don't know which one to delegate or what Johanna is capable of doing. So example of things that we do are, you know, anywhere from like meal related things. We all probably have this incredible stress. Probably it's, you know, what, 1030 in the morning right now for me. But, you know, I'm already thinking like, what's for dinner tonight? I've already Mm -hmm. like used up all the broccoli at home. I can't make Chinese food last night because I I made that last night. I'm probably not going to have time tonight because I have meeting till seven o'clock. So I'm going to have to figure out something else, right? Like it just haunts me all day to figure that out. So to have somebody else do that thinking for me, it's not like they make a decision for me, but I, you know, I think to have somebody just give a bit of an idea and somebody who especially knows my kids likes and dislikes and then what I ate historically and all those things to just say like, how about this? How about that? And Mm -hmm. to be able to pick and choose from it 
And also to even go a little bit further and says, you know what, tonight has to be a takeout. Just can you like help find the right place? I like to cook and show off to my kids that I'm a good mom. So like get the groceries and I'll do the rest, right? All those flexibility of how much I get to control and then do, but parts that I'm willing to delegate can be delegated to Johanna. I think that's one way, for example, the meal planning can be solved. Others mm-hmm. are holiday planning, any events coming up, right? Like birthday parties, like, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, spring break, all those like things that just come up, which somehow is always on mom too. And those planning is something that we actually became pretty good at too. So Mm -hmm. earlier, you know, this year we had a Halloween campaign. We wanted to take care of people so that Halloween's on us, Johanna. And we took care of anywhere from costumes, decorations, even at the end to donate those costumes that's not going to fit on the kids next year. Right. (laughs) I was just stuffing my son's costumes in this like toy bin. And I was like, this is just going to sit here. This is so ridiculous that I'm keeping this. (laughs) Right. It's crazy. And then it feels good to know that some other kids somewhere else would wear this. Mm -hmm. And then instead of just, you know, collecting dust in a closet. So those are ways that we remove the cognitive load from people that Mm -hmm. we know. And we do combination of reactive where people say, can you please take care of this from doctor's appointments to, you know, all those things to proactive, like what I said, like, hey, next holiday coming up with X, like, you know, Mm -hmm. what can we do specifically, like even the the winter holiday that's coming up. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those parents who always almost like, resent when we receive those beautiful family photo cards for holidays. I'm like, <laughs> beautiful family, but I didn't do it again this year. I'm like, yeah. fine. You know, like it's it's terrible. Like I'm always way behind. And in the last minute, like, you know, like I send a little email or something. Friends this is like, happy holidays. Sorry, I didn't send anything. <laughs> but those things can be also on us. Say like, yeah. we just, you know, just super simple. They just have to communicate with our team and then say, we just want to do family card this year. We're determined to get it done, depending on when we receive that, you know, it could be last minute. It could be like, well-planned. We will find somebody, we will fit in your calendar and then we'll make it happen. And another thing that's really great about what we do is that we try to take care of everything end to end so that, you know, if people are willing to share their calendar free, busy style, then we can actually see where we can book things and then we can go ahead and just move it forward so that they don't have to worry about and go lots of back and forth to make it happen. Oh my gosh. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. 
I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. I love this personal concierge a kind of personal assistant, not kind of personal legitimately is a personal yeah. assistant model. And what is so intriguing to me is everything that you just said from like holidays coming up. My mom asked me in August, my mom said, so have you figured out what Vinny wants for Christmas? Cause I'm going to send money and I want you to pick out something special. And I was like, mom, no, I don't do that in August. And she's like, I just don't understand how you wait till the last minute. I'm like, show me the mom with a 10 year old who's doing Christmas shopping in August. <laughs> And so I'm one of those people who like the first week of December, I'm all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, I'm, like, I'm behind. And this has happened last year. We were doing an adopt a family program and adopt a family stuff is due early in December. And we love doing adopt a family, but I always am frantic at the last minute because we have to s turn stuff in early in the season so they can get it out to the family. So it's things like that, that are just so invaluable. The other thing that came to mind, I just realized yesterday. So we're recording this early November. I realized yesterday that we're quickly coming up on Christmas, which is great. And then I thought, oh my gosh, like the day after Christmas is we have to start planning for summer camps for next summer, yeah, which oh is my every God. parent's least favorite thing. And it's literally like July 3rd or January 3rd, like time for summer camps. And you like haven't even paid for your Christmas gifts. And you're like, oh, wait, what? So things like that, that we have on the schedule that are coming up and being able to say, hey, can you handle these services for our family? or something that's more, you know, maybe a day-to-day -day dinner kind of a support is just so invaluable. And I love that when we, and I would be curious to know your feedback on this, but when we think about services that are created specifically for families and specifically for moms, they're not typically created by moms who have like been in the trenches to know exactly what are the ins and outs where the struggles really are and kind of the nuance of the struggles. Mm -hmm. And so I think having a mom go build the thing that is really needed is a whole other layer that's really significant, if not really critical in what you've created. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, going all the way back to what we were talking about, right? Like in terms of, you know, having that great intuition pain points understanding for us being in that space, for me being a mom experiencing this pandemic and then just feeling like definitely things are not going to fit to come yeah. up with solutions, you know, was great. But also the about, we can't actually do this without technology, turns out. You know, we could run a concierge service just with humans, but we'll never be able to scale in the way that we have and we will. And that comes from also having the technology background to know where 
what technology can do and what technology will be able to do moving forward. Mm. So I think that's why I meant, you know, like a woman sitting in a class with all men and it really paid off because that's a unique perspective that I'm able to have. I love that through line of being like, here's how I'm different and how I'm going to use that. And then looking at like, you now built something that just completely capitalized on all the ways that you were different, you know, from sitting in that classroom all the way up through a whole career trajectory. I want to talk a little bit about mom guilt. And so when we talk about mom guilt inside the shameless mom Academy, we talk about the social construct where we've been told, and you alluded to this earlier, we've been told like, you can have it all. You can do it all. Like there's no constraints. And then we're asked to do all that without any actual resources or support. And it's just like, just add more time to your day and pretend like you have 48 hours when you don't, you have 24. And we get into all these constraints with time where we actually can't have it all and do it all because there are only 24 hours in a day. So can you talk a little bit about mom guilt and how you think moms can release mom guilt? And that might connect to time, which we've touched on as well. Yeah. So I live in, you know, huge mom guilt every day anywhere from not being able to spend enough time with them to just making mistakes with them, right? Like I sometimes get mad just because I have to finish this email and I'm like, just wait, mommy's busy. Like, just wait like one minute. Of course, it's never one minute. (laughs) And the kid is standing there waiting and then he gets mad and then walks away. And then when I'm finally done, who knows, 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I have time. And it's like, fine, I don't want you anywhere anyway. And it's like enormous guilt like comes in. So, you know, it sounds really funny, maybe, but it's becoming more and more common to have a coach, a life coach. And then I had one for the last 20 years. And I think she has constantly saved me in the past. And mm. little advice, you know, like here and there. But one thing she told me that was profound, and I live by it, is that she said, the top CEOs of incredible companies make about 60 to 70% of the decisions right. The rest is wrong. The rest is not good. And if you can do that, then you are as good as a high-performing CEO. Mm -hmm. And I thought, really? Like, so I can make like 30% of the errors and I'm still okay. And she's like, yeah, just be kind to yourself. That's the 30% error is great. And that took an edge off. You know, this happened to me maybe I would say like five, 10 years ago. And so now when I have mistakes or I know and I regret moments or huge guilt, I say, is this like 80% of the time or is this like (laughs) 20% of the time? I'm like, you know, it's not always. So I'm doing all right. So I'm going to be kind to myself. I think that helps. Also, another thing I learned is how I recover from things like that. So guilt comes when you have some regret of things that shouldn't have happened, didn't want to do. But many of those things are something you can go back and explain and says, sorry, you know, this shouldn't have happened. You know, so this is the same, I live right on the same example about, you know, I was going to do a one minute email turns into a 20 minute and that guilt, I then like when everything's calm, like right at that moment, my son's too upset and then they won't listen. But maybe like hours later, maybe next morning I say, hey, just want to tell you, like, you know, I'm a mom. You might think I'm perfect. I'm not. It's just you're sometimes really hard being me. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. 
I'm going to make best effort moving forward. But if you notice this, can you point it out to me? Mm-hmm. And just recover from those guilt makes it feel even better later. So yeah. I try to do that. I don't, I'm, I'm not perfect. So I don't do that every time. Sometimes I'm like, fine, fine. And I'm like, oh, well, I never <laughs> recovered from it. And then I feel awkward. <laughs> but yeah, whenever I can, and I remember and said, I have to be ready for it. It's like, I strap the kids in the school, I plan exactly how I'm going to apologize or something. And, and then, you know, we talk about to chat about weather or something. It says, by the way, about yesterday. And I just mm-hmm. plan to bring it up and I bring it up. And then, you know, it, yeah. so there are many different ways to do that. But I think those things has t- t- truly taken edge off from the mommy guilt. I love two things about that. First of all, I think that when you, after the fact, go back and return to an incident to say, hey, I don't like the way I showed up in that moment. And I, or I want to apologize for that. I think that first of all, there's healing that can take place and trust can be reestablished and like love and unconditional love and all those really great things, but you're also modeling how to apologize. And I think that when we, when we think about maybe how we were parented as a child who grew up in the late seventies, eighties, early nineties, that wasn't the thing. Like it wasn't common for parents to apologize on mistakes and like really model that. And I think that modeling that is really important so that our kids can do the same as they go out in the world. So that piece I think is so significant. The other thing that I think is really important that I love is when you talk about high performers and high level execs, like that they're getting things right 60 to 70% of the time, which means 30 to 40% of the time they're not. And when we look when we apply that to motherhood and we think, okay, if I'm getting it right, 60 to 70% of the time, I'm doing a great job. It gives some release for sure. But I, other thing that I connect there is that other moms are the same, mm-hmm. that we're all only doing it right 60 to 70% of the time. Like that's just normal. That's the standard. And I think sometimes what creates a lot of the guilt is that we think, oh, I'm only doing it 60 to 70% of the time, but my next door neighbor, she's doing it well, 95% of the time. And so my kid's at this disadvantage because he's has like a 40% deficit and that kid next door only has a 5%. De- and the reality is, is if we're all averaging the 60 to 70%, then like all of our kids are going to be okay. And we were raised with that 60 to 70% and we were okay. So I think when we look at it on this grander scale, we can like exhale just a little bit and learn to let a few things go. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all have to practice being imperfect somehow. It just didn't feel good about it. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Like let the t-shirt be folded just a little bit differently. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I want to know how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. You know, so I have my two daughters who are now 17 and they really observe me. You know, it's really interesting. And we have conversations, you know, we're starting to have conversations like I want to have grandkids at some point and they see me. And they question having kids because it looks hard. Mm. And it's really interesting to have these conversations. And, you know, I basically have these moments where I explain to them, says, no, like life is complicated. And, you know, I decided that I want to have a lot of kids. I want to have a career. I want to change society. And am I perfect? No. Did I raise you guys right? No. Like many things are terrible. but. you know, I'm not ashamed. I'm actually extremely proud of what I've done, how they have grown up. And the fact that they also see me doing that makes me feel really good. And we have these conversations like in a very overt way. 
And I think I feel really shameless on that moment. I love it. Can you tell people how they can connect with you, how they can connect with Johanna and like what, anything else you want to share about what Johanna does, how they support moms or how you all support moms. Tell us all the good stuff. (laughs) Okay. So one of the great things about Johanna is that we match them up with a team of people and the team contains guide specialists and researchers. So let me explain who they are. Guide is a person who actually I'll start with specialists. We match them up with a team of specialists who from, as you, from the name, you can tell they're specializing in getting things done for them. They're good at it. Maybe somebody's really good at birthday party planning. Somebody's really good at making doctor's appointment. That's what they do. But you know what? Your to-do list is always going to have 72 items. And it, it's, you know, even if it becomes 68 because of Johanna, it's going to go back to 72 again. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to go up to 75. <laughs> so it's an endless not necessarily rewarding process, but (laughs) just giving those little bit of time gives you time. But more than that, our guide, they're uh, dedicated to the members. And then they're the ones who make sure that you're setting up goals for your life or just, you know, that sounds really big. So just, just go for the next couple of months. What would Mm -hmm. they like to achieve? And then the reasons why they want to create that extra time. And, you know, some members say, I just want to create that little bit of moment with my kid every day. Okay, let's figure it out. You know, let's look at your schedule and then see where you can delegate to us and we can help you, right? That kind of conversation. Or maybe that they say, you know what? I just, my parents are getting older. I want my kids to spend more time with the parents before they get too old and why might not remember the kids in said, okay, so when's the next holiday coming up? Like, can we actually have a nice trip together? We can have hire a photographer who will take pictures and then we can make it into an album that you can send to your parents, right? So different layers, but those can be the kind of goals that we can set at, with guides so that doing things have meaning towards something. And I think that really feels right. And then at the end, the researchers and then, you know, uh, basically doing all the research for you so that what we offer to them is much more specialized. And we also have a network of pros who can come and fix your home, you know, teach piano and all those things. So we just it feels like, you know, when you get with Johanna, you are surrounded by people who want to take care of you and then let you be who you want to be. Oh, my goodness. It's like a whole care team. I love it. Yeah, that's I it. We should like call them the care team. I, it's, yes, like the critical care team. Johanna's critical care team. I'm love just it. here giving you marketing advice. Yeah, I love it. Work with us. <laughs> um, I want to connect everything that you said back to time one more time, because I think this is a really crucial piece that time and energy are our most finite resources. And when it comes to mothering, it's like what we're always short on. Like, I'm just I don't have enough time. And when I do have a minute, I'm just really tired. Mm -hmm. And I think that Johanna really steps up to answer those problems in really unique ways. Um, And I love that you make it around really specific goals so that people can really address, like, this is where I'm struggling. And this is what I want to create more time for and be really intentional around what are kind of, I mean, I think it touches on kind of values for the family and values in any given season. So I love all this so much. Can you tell people where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about Johanna and all that stuff? Yes. So we are available at johanna.com spelled uh, Y-O-N-A. Oh, I can't spell it. That's bad. We're spelled, <laughs> it's spelled Y-O-H-A-N-A, Johanna. 
www.thepodcastmembership.com. And that's where you can also sign up to be our member. We are also on Instagram at joinyohana. I'm also available at my own Instagram at Yoki Matsuoka, one word. Okay, Yoki, this has been oh so good, so good. You had some like really good one-liners in there. <laughs> the That's best great. way to do it is to do it myself. I'm different and different is good. When, as I'm <laughs> taking great. notes, I love I love catching little moments like that. And I just so mm-hmm. appreciate the ones that you offered were simple and profound. Thank you for everything that you offered in this conversation to moms, but also thank you for the greater work that you're doing in terms of supporting moms on a bigger level. I think it's so significant and so important. And I'm just really, really grateful for your time today. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Sarah. And I really appreciate what you do where other moms feel supported and feel shameless. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.